Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about a possible Le'Veon Bell return. We also talk about everything else that's going on in the NFL as well, some of the surprises and disappointments um, so far in the NFL. We're also going to talk about the NBA, the whole dysfunction of the Washington Blizzards and John Wall, where he may or may not want to be traded to or what idea, trade ideas is out there for John Wall. Also talk about Jimmy Butler and the whole Minnesota thing that's still ongoing. And we also talk a little bit about the Boston Celtics and Terry Rozier maybe not too happy of not getting enough playing time. And we give a little shout out to the Duke University and see what they, the talk is about comparing them to beating the Cleveland Cavaliers. So my co-host, Adrian Catwell, join me, Al Quarles, on Guys Talking Sports, and that begins right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love and support out there for everybody that's checking us out. Um, got my co-host with me, Adrian Catwell, with me. So what's going on, man? How's everything going? Man, everything's good, man. It's a, another day in paradise. Unfortunately, I wish it were still 70, 74 degrees and a light, you know, slight breeze, but we know how it is on the East Coast. We're dealing with this nice, cooler weather, and the next thing you know, we're going to be knee-deep in some snow. So enjoy what little bit of good weather we got left. Yeah, completely agree with that. Um, for what I hear, a little bit up north in North Jersey up here, um, they're supposed to get some some type of slow this weekend. Um, oh. From what I'm told, um, like in the tip of North Jersey. So um, it's 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 coming. Winter is just about here. <laughs> so we're going to definitely get started. Um, right now, some of the hottest news that's out there, going to jump into the NFL real quick. Um, there's re- rumors and reports that Le'Veon Bell um, is in the Pittsburgh area. And there are some talk that he could resign or have a contract or have everything squared away and be back in Pittsburgh to re to to continue his football um, career for the time being. So I just want to get your takes. Do you really think that at this stage of the week, um, of the, this stage of the season, you think that Le'Veon Bell is going to actually play in a Pittsburgh uniform very soon? Uh, I mean, it's still Le'Veon Bell. Um, so if they, if he does sign his, uh, his, uh, franchise tender and if he's in somewhat decent shape, I would, uh, Pittsburgh would be hard pressed not to play him, but it's not like he's going to be in a situation where he's going to be getting rock, uh, 20, 30 times. Cause James Conner is, is shown that he's more than capable of handling the running duties. And he pretty much, Le'Veon Bell, you know, trying to hold out for more money, pretty much just showed the Steelers that, yeah, we're comfortable with part ways with, with you after the season um, to save some money and put some money in some, in some other areas. Um, because James Conner is it's reliable enough and savvy enough to, to handle the running back role in Pittsburgh. So, um you know, I guess Le'Veon did what was best for him in his interest, you know, holding out, hoping that he won't get hurt. But who's to say the first play he steps back on on the field, <laughs> he doesn't get hurt. So, 
you know, I I commend him on standing pat and standing firm on how he feels and what he feels is right for himself and his family. Um, I just hope it doesn't come and uh, bite him in the butt. But uh, Pittsburgh can definitely use him um, probably in different different uh, situations. And uh, just hopefully the team itself will take him and, and accept him back, especially, you know, going through everything that they went through, you know, through uh, uh, through fall camp and through the preseason when, yeah, I'll be back before game one and don't show up and then have people pissed at him. So I, if he shows up and he gets some playing time and Pittsburgh continues to win, I'm happy for him. If not, if he decides he wants to just show up and then don't play, I don't know. I think he's just hurting his chances because he's not going to get that payday that he's, that he's hoping to. Uh, I mean, look at Des Bryant. Des Bryant had a perfect opportunity to play for Baltimore. Three years, $24 million contract, and now he's settling for some measly little contract with the Saints, hoping to bet on himself again. So he, like like Le'Veon, I hope Des (laughs) puts in some serious work these last few games of the season because if he doesn't, Le'Veon's going to get a little measly BS type of contract, and then he's going to be pissed off because then he's, he doesn't feel as though he's not going to get what he's worth. And, you know, the end of that uh, nice little error that he had in the uh, NFL. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, to be honest, I kind of think that it was a little bit too little too late for Le'Veon Bell um, because, like you said, at this point, Pittsburgh already figured out that they can do – just as good without him. So it kind of made everything like meaningless for Le'Veon Bell to do what he did this long um, because it kind of made them a non-factor into it. To be honest, uh, nobody wasn't even thinking about Le'Veon Bell throughout most of the, I mean, most of the midway season at this point because Connor was playing so well and doing so well at running back. So, you know, it's kind of, we'll see how it plays out. Um, but I think Le'Veon Bell is not playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers per se. I think he's playing for a tryout for whatever team that he that may be looking for a running back um, to bring him in. I think this is where it is where he's going. They're going to show Le'Veon Bell is going to show. Okay, hey, look, I know I may have won out my welcome in Pittsburgh, but that doesn't mean that other teams could look at me, get a firsthand view of me um, while I'm run. You know, see where I'm at, and then take it from there. Um, kudos to the Saints for picking up Des Bryant um, because I, I kind of factored in. I thought it was going to get picked up a while ago, but just goes to show you that sometimes when you bet on yourself, you know, sometimes you have to pay the consequences if you lose. So I think this is a good start for them. Um, you know, not getting the money that they thought that they deserved, maybe it'll humble them to work, you know, to do whatever it takes to try and get that next contract. So, um, I think kudos all around for, you know, for Des to, to make it kind of felt bad that it was a toss up between him and Brandon Marshall for that spot. But, you know, it is what it is. So, um, oh, the Saints worked out Brandon Marshall too? Yeah, Saints worked out Brandon Marshall. Um, it was a toss up between Des Bryant and Brandon Marshall at, um, the t- from, what I was, from what I heard or what I've seen online. Um, so, being at Des Bryant now – you know, is with the Saints. We'll see how he's acclimated into the offense. Uh, I'm pretty sure Drew Brees is going to feed him the rock um, as much as he can. So it'll see. It'll be very interesting to see how it goes. 
Mm, definitely, definitely. Uh, well, the Saints, <laughs> the Saints are offensive machines, so it, it'd be a very hard press for, for Dez not to really thrive in that system. Then the bigger question would be if he really shows out and balls out. You know what? Uh, what team will take a chance on him next season? Jerry should just bring him back to Dallas, but we know it'll never happen. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen no more. You know, I, I I agree. There should be it should be a good. You know where I see him excelling if he really wanted to. Um, I could see him on a team like. I mean, to be honest, I know he probably would prefer like a team like the Rams, um, one of those offensive juggernauts. But to be honest, I could also see him like with the Redskins, for example. Um, so it kind of he, – he will have his opportunity to choose. I'm pretty sure that not every team is going to be satisfied with, you know, their wide receiver when you could add a person like Des Bryant. Um, same thing goes with Le'Veon Bell, example, because he's not going to stay in Pittsburgh, I think, after this season. Right, right. Um, hmm. be really interesting to see where – I keep hearing talks about Le'Veon Bell, you know, the, the the Ravens trying to sign Le'Veon Bell, but then radio pundits are like, but if you sink that much money into Le'Veon Bell, what else will you have, you know, to secure some other players? So the Ravens need so much more. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I think I think plenty of teams that are having losing records need so much more at this point. Right, right. But, I mean, Baltimore still has an outside chance of making the uh, playoffs. But it's this – I don't know. Uh, the Jets could probably use a player like Le'Veon Bell. Um, that would be a nice little safety net for uh, for Darnold. <laughs> I just don't see that happening because Le'Veon Bell wants to win. I just don't see that. Uh, do you really think you see him wanting to win more so than getting paid? Because if he wanted to win – he would have signed his, his, his tender. He would have he would have followed uh, what's his name uh, QB for the for the Vikings. Um, oh, the Redskins. Cousins? Yeah, cousins. Because mm-hmm. the Redskins tendered him like two or three times. You know, he he was like, "All right, bet I'll take the money. All right, bet I'll take the money," and he played. You know, he bet on himself. He gambled on himself, and he won. Uh, guaranteed eighty or ninety million dollar. Three years, ninety million some dollar contract. So, if Le'Veon was really about winning, because the Steelers has a culture of winning, he would have played. He would have took it, and he would have been all right, you know. But I, I, he wants to. He wants to get paid more than uh, Todd Gurley, mm. which is understandable. But how much more do you think they're willing to pay you more than Todd Gurley? You know, if, if Todd Gurley got a, a, a five year, I don't know. Uh, no, that's let's just say, what if it was a three-year, sixty million dollar contract? You know, then the Steelers probably would have said, "All right, we'll pay you a, a three-year, sixty, sixty point five million dollar contract." They're not going to sit there and pay him much more than what Todd Gurley's worth, but you know, he wants way more than what the best, the top running back is worth. Which I'm not, I mean, I I understand, but I mean, for a franchise tender, he would only been making a million dollars less than Todd Gurley for just one season. And then he probably could have reset the reset the, the market for what running backs get paid. But the thing about it is I think because he's so valuable coming out of the, the backfield as a receiver, he kind of wants to get some of that receiver money 
along with that running back money. You know, so I guess that's where his uh, his gripe comes into play. Yeah, but you also have – I mean, I think Le'Veon Bell is – and don't get me wrong, I just – he has to fit a system where he is getting truly protected um, with the offensive line and everything, which is one of the reasons why I just don't see him with the Jets because I think that would be a disaster waiting to happen. Um, he has to see. He has to look at a team that will benefit him, not just from a money standpoint, but also from his, you know, from his performance as well. And right. he has to look at both, um, both equations and try to see what team would be a perfect fit outside of Pittsburgh for him. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, especially next week. Um, we'll probably have, you know, some type of resolution when it comes to Le'Veon Bell. Um, hopefully he does come back and hopefully he does um, begin playing for the Steelers, at least for the time being. And we'll also see how Des Bryant does when he first plays his game, his first NFL game back. And we'll see how will we evaluate that as well, too. Um, so, um, midway through the season, you know, with the NFL, um, is there anything that kind of stands out to you at the moment when it comes to dealing with any news or anybody, any players or any team in, in particular in the NFL? Yeah. Uh, really underestimated how well Kansas City was going to play. Um, Mahomes is shown to be a, a very smart draft pick for Kansas City. And uh, Andy Reid knows how to really groom and develop quarterbacks into quarterbacks that suit, you know, suit his system. Um, so that was a pleasant surprise. Um, the Giants thinking of the place. You know, I know we mentioned this many a time before, but I picked the Giants to come out of the NFC East, and they're just straight trash. Um, I don't even want to say anything else more than them just being straight trash. Uh, but then you have your usual suspects, you know, that are playing well, the Steelers, the uh, the Patriots. Um, Atlanta hasn't been playing well, but they seem as though they might be turning the ship around. <laughs> Interestingly enough, Oakland released Bruce Irvin. <laughs> and Atlanta went ahead and signed Bruce Irvin once he cleared uh, waivers. And, you know, Bruce Irvin is from Atlanta, so – you know, he's going back to his, his roots, his home, and hopefully he can help, uh, help the defense out because the offense is playing lights out in Atlanta. It's just the defense is just sticking up the place. Um, New Orleans being New Orleans, I'm really disappointed in Tampa Bay. You know, uh, I thought Jameis, after his, uh, his suspension when he came out there and really put in some work, I mean, he's giving you the giving you the yards, but his interceptions are just really, really high. And I don't think that you know. I think that Winston and Tampa Bay are going to part ways, but I could see Winston landing somewhere else and maybe resurrecting his career. Not that not that he's had a really bad career. It's just I think he just needs to change the scenery and. Uh, and hopefully uh, reestablish himself as a as a pretty good uh, quarterback. Um, 
But well, let me ask you this quick question. Where do you do you think that Winston, if he does leave Tampa Bay, do you think that Winston would be able to find another starting gig or would it be some type of backup role for any team that he signs with? I think if he went to a team like if he went to a team like Arizona, um Hell, the Giants could probably kick the tires on it. Um, Buffalo, shit, he could start in Buffalo. Shit, Terrell Pryor could probably start in Buffalo. He's the wide receiver. And that's they, – they talk about he's the best quarterback on the team, and he ain't played QB in three or four three or four seasons. That's the sad state of affair in Buffalo. But definitely Buffalo. <laughs> Hell, he could probably go to Jacksonville if Bortles don't get his, get his act together. Um – else. I mean, you could you could say Oakland, you could say Denver. I mean, there's some teams out there that need quarterbacks. And Jameis is very very serviceable. Um, in somebody's eyes, he might be be considered maybe a stopgap, especially if you get a rookie quarterback and you draft somebody and don't want to particularly start him right then and there. But Jameis is still young. I mean, he's still like 26, 27. And you got these QBs that are running to like their 40, so he's still got the prime of his career is still way ahead of him. So if he just gets put into the right system to utilize his talents, I think he'll be all right. Um, uh, another another team that I was really having uh, high hopes for was Cleveland. Um, sorry to see that Hugh Jackson and uh, Todd Haley both get fired. I think that uh, – I think the team was starting to project upwards. They won three games. Um, they got the right quarterback. They got the right offense. I just think, you know, it's going to be some growing pains. Uh, but obviously, I guess the, 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 the tension that was building up in the coaching staff just had to – you had to get rid of both of them. So, um, but outside of that uh, – Never thought Arizona would be as bad as they are, but, you know, the, and Oakland is just I, – I just truly believe that uh, Gruden has in his mind that he wants to get his players. And I think when they signed – when they agreed on a 10-year contract, I, I, I it wouldn't shock me in the least if Gruden was coming, you know, kind of went out there and just bluntly said that, you know, I'm going to take this team and I'm going to play this team, but I want the team that I want. So I'm going to be making some moves that might seem unconventional and may seem like we don't want to win. But in the end, I'm going to build this team into my vision and go from there. And I think that's exactly what Rudin is doing. He already has three first-round picks. You know, so it's a matter of what he's going to get. And then, of course, I truly believe that he's going to try to uh, trade David Carr in the offseason um, and move him. And I think I think Marshawn Lynch is going to be done after this season. Um, I think they're going to – I think they're really going to do a total gut job. And I think they're going to suck next year too. But I guarantee by year three, Gruden is probably going to have his team right so that's just part of my takes. Um, and Dallas kind of sucks, but, you know, hey, the NFC, the whole, the NFC East is in a whole just kind of 
kind of stinks. I think I think the Redskins will probably win the damn division at nine and seven. <laughs> I, I'm, I, 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 to be honest, I would not be surprised. I'll put it like this: I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but I agree with you about Oakland. I really thought, I, to be honest, all that hype that was coming in, I thought that they, I had kind of high hopes for Oakland. Um, right. I really thought that Gruden was going to at least be more, not even, not improve like dramatically, but at least prove enough where you could tell that there was some significant change and none of that has happened. Um, definitely surprised with Kansas City as well being where they are right now. Didn't expect them to be this good. And like you said, I think Mahomes is definitely a keeper. Um, yeah. If anything, like he should be like, the breakout star of the year, you could say, for the NFL, if there was one. Um, he's up for MVP. Or he's up for MVP. So, you know, right now, I think that I, I newcomer, <laughs> at this point, he can get all those type of <laughs> accolades at this phase the way he is playing. So yeah. definitely kudos to him for that um, and Kansas City as well as a team. But I agree with you. Oakland, I think, was the biggest disappointment. Um, didn't have the Giants where they, you know, ranked as high. So I can't really say much about that. Um, but I will say that I think out of all of them, Oakland is the biggest disappointment in I believe that Kansas City, to me, is a great surprise. And long, to be honest, I even give Washington kudos because they were – I thought that they wasn't going to be that where they are right now, but they're leading the division. And I can't knock them for that. You know, kick the tires off of Adrian Peterson, and now he's doing his thing. You know, they're a real balanced team. So, you know, kudos to the Redskins as well. Um, at this point, everything else – I really didn't. I mean, I kind of expect it to be where they are in some range, shape, or form. So, you know, that's... Uh, Oakland definitely has a lot of work cut out. I thought Derek Carr was going to be much better than what he was. But No, no. I, I think I think offensively Oakland is not a bad team. Um, but they just don't score. Like... I, like Derek Carr can put up 200 yards and only come up with maybe one touchdown. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. You know, you know I think I, I, I truly think it has a lot to do with frustration mm. as well. You know, players might be quitting in the locker room. Who knows? Who knows what's going on over there? That is true. That is true. That is true. But hopefully, they could turn the ship around in the second half of the NFL season. Right. So. Right. But before we move on to other sports, we're going to take a second to thank our sponsor, which is my bookie. Um, so check this out. Sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the game. Guys, you heard me talking about this for weeks. Some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you can turn 100 into 600. There's so much to bet on. Playoff baseball, basketball, hockey, primetime fights, and more. But my bookie is the one to bet, and I know you'd be happy with it all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. My bookie has been in the business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. My bookie is offering a 100% bonus for the last time this year. 
That's right. And thinking about pitching and picking all season, but haven't manned up and haven't manned up yet. It's time to make your move. After Sunday's kickoff, you can kiss that bonus goodbye. Also, make sure you follow at my booking on Twitter and Instagram. They personally respond to every mention and DM. Not to mention, they've given away nearly 10 grand in free money to the followers this football season. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. Now log on to my bookie right now and don't miss it on your last opportunity to collect the industry's biggest bonus. Use promo code GUYS100 and you get your first deposit matched 100%. That's promo code GUYS100. You play, you win, you get paid. And we're back. And like thank my bookie again for sponsoring us. Really appreciate the love and support. So, but right now we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA season. Um, really not much to talk about because it's so beginning of the season, but there are a couple of tidbits that are definitely out there making a lot of noise. And one of the most talked about is still the fact that Jimmy Butler is still a Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, basically, you know, he's still there. I, Kind of had him already gone by now, but of course they're waiting it out and gutting it out. And then of course there's also the dysfunction, which is the Washington Wizards, and this whole thing with John Wall and you know Bradley Bill and you know the whole team is just not playing up to par to where they're supposed to be. Uh, so I guess the question is: is if we could start there? Um, here and of course, a lot of people right now talking about that people need to trade John Wall. Um, if they want, if they trade anybody, they need to trade John Wall. So, um, since you're closer to the Washington D.C. area, not by much, but still closer than I am, um, I, my question is, is that do you think, and just in your opinion, do you think it's time for the Washington Wizards to blow this up and? Um, basically just trade everybody and start from scratch. I wouldn't say they blow it up, but I truly believe that I don't think they're going to, they're not going to trade wall. So they can get that out of their mind right, right in there. But I think they will get rid of bill before they get rid of wall. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. Wait, why would you think they would get rid of bill? I mean, bill is nice. Don't get me wrong, but it's always been what all walls to me. From jump, they 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 built the franchise around Wall. When he when they picked Wall in the first round so many years ago, the, that was the Wizards' goal was to build a team around Wall and try to compete for a championship. Um, I'm not saying that somebody Bradley Bill's character is hard to come by because in the NBA to find somebody is competent to be. You have a, 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 a potent one-two punch with a point guard and a shooting guard. That's key, you know, because then as long as you have a, a, somebody who can handle a rock, you got a shooter, and then you got somebody, some sort of post presence or some sort of a three or a four, you have a legit big three where you can compete and you can put some things around them. The one thing that Washington truly lacks you know, is that that big? Otto Porter ain't never really developed to be that that dude. Dwight Howard, okay, he's there, but what is he really doing? I mean, granted, he's not causing any rifts because you would have heard about it by now. 
You know, I mean, he might take an ill-advised shot from here and there, but I mean, he isn't causing any dissension in the locker room. At least it hasn't been reported as of yet. Um, but there was a rumor, at least when I was talking to some guys I know out this way, folks was really would have loved the trading bill for Kevin Love um, trade straight up to Cleveland because Love is a double-double machine when he wants to be a player and wants to be that dude. And that would have given the uh, the Wizards that, that, that big that they needed. Uh, but yes, they would have lost a little bit of perimeter shooting, but you could find a serviceable, a serviceable perimeter type of shooter that can manage to do something because Love can still get you 20 and 10. You know, he wasn't doing that in uh, in Cleveland because he pretty much, uh, you know, when they had Kyrie, LeBron, and Love, Love was sort of like the, uh, what was, uh, I guess his role was, uh, what's, his, what's his name role? Like, you know, when LeBron was with the Heat. Chris Bosh, bro. Chris Bosh, right. Because, you know, Bosh was the man when he was in Toronto. And then... He came over with the big three, and then he was just that double-double dude where every so often he'll, he'll flash and give you 30 and 30 and 15, just like Love did every so often. But he was just more so that 10 to that 12 to 17, uh, 10 to 13 range as far as points and rebounds. You know, very quiet, but, you know, they do what they got to do. And I'm not saying that if they would have did that, that type of a deal, LeBron would have been gone either way. But I could see, you know what? Even if they, even if uh, they would have said Bill for Love and um, J.R. Smith, you know, I think I think Wizards uh, might have jumped on that because I mean, really, J.R. Smith ain't really did nothing, <laughs> even when he was a starting shooting guard for the Wizards. I'm sorry for the for the for the Cavaliers. So, but I, those are the things I was hearing. I don't know. Wait, I, I got to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. You was hearing this from Washington Wizards fans. I was hearing this from fans. I wasn't hearing this from the media. No, this no, no, that, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, these are fans actually saying that they would give up Bill for Kevin Love. Yeah. And would have been happy about it. Wow. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm very shocked. I'm very shocked. I, 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 Bradley Bill is the one, me personally, Bradley Bill is the one person you would keep. Bottom line, I start a franchise with Bradley Bill. Right pieces around him. He's a star. Bottom line. Those one. Now, (laughs) the problem is, is that you, I could see why they would trade Bradley Bill because he would be with the contract that he has, he would probably be the less inexpensive when it comes to making a trade because John Wall is about to get the Supermax deal. It was going to be definitely hard. I thought you understood it. He, he did. Yeah, I mean, but it's, I think it kicks in next year. The mm. Supermax deal, I believe, kicks in next year. Might be wrong. Um, but even way, like, I, he's getting that Supermax deal no matter what. Um, so it's going to be definitely hard to get rid of him. 
and the salary for Otto Porter Jr., that alone is going to be it, – it's going to be difficult to get rid of those, those, those contracts. I would love to see how they – if they do it, but it's going to be definitely difficult. So I could understand why you would think that – I mean, not you, but I'm saying I would understand why people think that Bradley Bill – Looks as though uh, we lost Al there for a second. Uh, let's see if he comes back. Ah, there he is. Sorry about that. I kind of figured that that was going to go down. Um, but getting back to what I was saying about Bradley Bill, um, I think the Washington Wizards is going to do whatever in their can in their power to keep. Uh, they should keep Bradley Bill um, and make trades outside of that and start with building from within because let's be honest last year when John Wall got injured and um, I forgot the, the point guard who stepped in for him, they was actually running the tables winning like at least seven to eight straight and team was a lot better <laughs> um, offensively. The flow was a lot better offensively. Even John Wall had to criticize about it saying, okay, y'all talking about moving, you know, doing all this without me and, but I'm still on the team, you know? So, it was to the point where Washington was playing so well, John Wall had to criticize the team about playing so well. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that at this stage of the game where they are right now, if they don't get their act together in the next five games, I can honestly see like the I can honestly see the owner stepping in, maybe firing Scott Brooks, who may not need to be fired, um, but definitely get rid of the GM because Ernie Grunfeld shouldn't have been gone a long time ago. I don't even know why he's still there. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's been there since Gilbert Arena's days. So yeah. it's been a while. So they should definitely move on from that. But um, my thing is, is that if they don't get their acting together in the next five games, I could see something dramatic happening. Bottom line. Uh, well. And if I'm sorry, if I'm Cleveland, I would trade Kevin Love for a Bradley Bill with the quickness. Oh, yeah. I would take that deal in a heartbeat. I doubt that. I mean, at this point, I doubt they would do it just because, uh, you know, real yeah, of course. The time because his foot is, well, you know, he just had surgery on his foot. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but I mean, a healthy Kevin Love for a, a Bradley Bill, healthy Bradley Bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm Cleveland. I would make that deal. But um, getting back to, like, the Jimmy Butler situation, do you really think that Jimmy Butler's going to stay in Minnesota? Personally, I would have traded him for that ridiculous ass Houston trade. The the first the four first round picks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could see anybody. I could see that being a tempting offer. The only problem is that Thibodeau wouldn't be guaranteed to be there for those four draft picks. So if you're trading it away for your future and you're already in the win-now mode, it kind of doesn't make sense for the coach right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but, like, I mean, but, I mean, they they got some good young pieces. Carl Eckley Towns, Andrew Wiggins. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, they're playing well. Um, and Jimmy Butler is not playing every night, and they're still winning. Derrick Rose seems to have found the youth a little bit. 
Um, they got some. They got some core pieces now. I would say yes. I'll give you Jimmy Butler for those four first rounders, but you also got to give me somebody that I could throw at the small forward position just to give me some minutes. You know, you got to give me something. I'm not saying you giving me the 13th dude on the bench, but you got to at least give me a rotational type of player that's doing something for Houston. Because I mean, Houston is really they're hurting right now because because uh, uh, the beard ain't playing. You know, he's been kind of banged up a little bit. Um, Carmelo, you know, he, he came out blazing in the first couple of games, but he kind of cooled off and he's not really putting up the numbers that he did the first couple of games. So I guess Houston is trying to find their identity, especially through adversity with all the injuries. Um, but the, the owner, the GM, they're like, look, we got this talent. If we don't do something with it now, um, we're going to lose this opportunity. This window is going to close. So I, I, I would have just, you know what? I would have, I would have had to be greedy as owner. I'm like, you know what? You go ahead and sacrifice. Because two teams are going to be losing something. I mean, granted, Houston would probably would have won the short term, but the long term, they would have been crippled because the years where they would have needed a first round pick, they wouldn't have it. So they're going to be hurting maybe five years down the road. Whereas Minnesota, they might come up and and hit a, hit a diamond in the next year's draft when they get a first round pick, and now you pair them with uh, with uh, with Cat and Andrew with uh, Andrew Wiggins, and you never know you could now propel yourself to be that seventh and sixth seed in the West, whereas Houston would you know they were in the top three now they're probably hurting now they're like the the seventh and eighth seed because now Carmelo is nowhere near where he was. Chris Paul is getting older. The beard ain't, you know, he's probably still within the prime of his career, but but you also would have lost a, a, a piece because you had to trade a piece uh, to get Jimmy Butler. Like, I think they might. Personally, if I was if I was Minnesota, I would say, you give me those four and Eric Bledsoe, we can do it. We can make it. You mean work. Eric Gordon? Eric Gordon, yeah. I think they did offer that package. Then I don't know what the hell they smoking in Minnesota because that that right there, I'm not saying you would you would make the playoffs, but that ain't a bad little squad run out there though. Yeah, no, I I agree, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, I think they added Eric Gordon and I think another um, small forward into the mix as well. So and the first and the four draft first, picks. Right now, and granted, um, it was every other year, you know. But still, that's that's. And who's to say Jimmy Butler would still be that? I mean, Jimmy Butler, nice. Don't get me wrong, he nice. But that don't. Even though if Houston would have pulled off that coup, still don't guarantee they would have came out the West. Because I don't true? see nobody. I don't see nobody taking all, uh taking out Golden State. Golden State gonna sleep. They're gonna sleepwalk straight through the damn regular season like they did last year, and then they're gonna go to playoffs and turn that shit up, and then they may lose one game. They may lose two, depending on the playoffs. And it all depends if, as long as their team can stay re- relatively healthy. Yeah. yeah. They ain't nobody knocking them off. <laughs> and, 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 and what's crazy is because they still didn't. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins is still sitting out right now. Exactly. <laughs> so what happens if he comes in there and really starts the ball? Yeah. Yeah, no. What it, is, it, what it does is it brings in another motivated person. High power score, 
who is motivated to win their champion, uh, first championship. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Um, real quick before we go, um, there's also talk about Terry's Rozier um, from Boston not being happy with the playing time he's getting. Um, so real quick, what are your takes on that? I called that. I knew that from last season. When he yeah, was you did out. call that. I do have to admit, you did call that. You did call that. That, that, that was going to come to head because – that's where my speculation was Kyrie will probably leave after this season to then secure the bag with another squad because the Knicks would love to have him, you know. Uh, and that's why I think that Danny Age is like, nah, because I don't think he believes what Kyrie is saying that, you know, he ain't going nowhere. Because think about how well they played without without uh, Haywood, uh, Gordon, it was, uh, what's the... Without Kyrie and Hayward or whatever the dude that broke his ankle. Yeah, Gordon Harold, you're right. Think how well they play without them. And, I mean, now that they have them and they're not playing up to their potential. I mean, they, they won some games, but they lost some games. So, you know, they're still trying to figure themselves out. They're trying, you know, still trying to learn that chemistry. Ideally, is Kyrie really needed on that squad? Not necessarily. They showed that they could win without him. And if it wasn't for a determined LeBron James to try to get Cleveland another damn championship, Cleveland easily would have went to the finals. But, I mean, granted, they would have not beaten Golden State. But, um, I mean, the healthy Kyrie will help them in the playoffs. But you now have a battle-tested team that went through all of that and probably can propel themselves to the next level to help prepare them for when they make the playoffs where they can now be, uh, wouldn't be, they can take those high pressure shots and probably, you know, make them in those situations. So if I were Cleveland, I mean, if I were, if I were Boston for real, (laughs) I wouldn't be looking to trade Terry or Rozier. I might be looking to trade Kyrie. I will say this. You are not the only one that made that assumption today. So um, I hear a lot of people saying that as well. Um, Yeah, like you said, it's going to be difficult to find all these minutes for all these players that did well last year. Um, Whether it's Terry Rozier, um, you got Marcus Smart, you got um, Jalen Brown, you got Jason Tatum, you got Markeith Morris. Um, You got all of these players. Um, battling for a position in minutes. Um, Brad Stevens right now, you knew that it's going to eventually get to the point where somebody was going to complain if they're complaining at all about the minutes. So it's going to be definitely going to be interesting to see how Brad Stevens handles this going forward. Um, I agree. I agree. And um, (laughs) as crazy as this may sound, (laughs) <laughs> I doubt this would ever happen just because of the this is because of the rivalry and the names. And it this wouldn't make sense because I, there's nothing that the Lakers have that the that the Celtics wouldn't need. But trading Kyrie to LA. I don't know what the I don't know what the Lakers could possibly give up. But why would, but why would the Lakers trade for Kyrie? Why not? Who's their point guard? Rondo. Lonzo Ball. 
Okay. So you trying to tell me that they could propel them in, in the West? Yeah. Well, would, but you could you're gonna tell me that Kyrie and LeBron is now Kumbaya now? I don't think they ever had beef. I think Kyrie left because he understood that LeBron was gonna eventually leave and he didn't want to be stuck in purgatory no more. So you really think that Kyrie would want to go back to playing with LeBron to be the second fiddle again? But see, in this particular scenario... I'm listening. In this particular scenario, you're catching you're catching LeBron on a downward spiral of his career. I don't... Doesn't matter. You, you really gonna... After all this talk about him leaving Cleveland because he didn't want to be second fiddle to LeBron, you really think that he's gonna want to go to the Lakers to rejoin LeBron James? But do you really think he has a choice if Boston trades him? Does he have a no trade clause in his contract? No, but why would Boston trade him to L.A. when there's wow. so many other teams out there? What other teams in the West do you think could use him? What, other te- what about the teams in the East? Oh, the teams that matter? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? By, wait, 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 okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. What do you mean teams that matter? Okay, let's, let's be realistic right now. Okay. What, can any team in the East compete with any team in the West to win a championship right now? No. All right. So why would – unless Kyrie wants to look at it in the sense that, well, I want to be like LeBron and I want to be on a team that I know that every year I'm going to make the finals regardless if I want to lose, then okay, yes. You can stick them somewhere in the East and, Le- and Kyrie will probably take a team that has talent and bring them to the championship every year. Or – why not put him somewhere out west where he's playing against the best? And if he comes out victorious out of the west, he's guaranteed to get a championship. But what does that benefit Boston? Boston probably going to miss the damn championship without, without Kyrie. No, 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 no. If you're trading Kyrie to the west, what does it benefit for Boston to go for Kyrie to go to that team? Because if you're trading him, you got to get something back. But they see that's that's the question. That's the bigger thing because Boston has a has a a, 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 a plethora of riches. <laughs> I mean, to put it bluntly, I mean, they have a team where you got a Rozier who's good enough to start and put up numbers as a starter. But then, what do they take? Do they decide to take? draft picks and stash more draft picks because they still got draft picks stash that they still haven't used. As I, I mean, that, that was that was my question. I'm like, yes. What if what if they were to trade him to the Lakers? You don't want Rondo. You don't want Ball. I mean, ultimately, you probably have to take one, you know, one of them because right. So who would they take? Kuzma. Okay, but. I'll take Kuzma. Huh? Who's Kuzma going to replace? Well, I don't care. If if I ever was to trade for the Lakers, Kuzma would be the only person I would look at, period. Period. Like, it's not even a question. Like, I wouldn't even look at any other player, including LeBron James. I would look at Kuzma. Kuzma would be the only person from the Lakers I look at. If I was to ever trade Kyrie, I would do Kuzma and maybe some picks. I'd be good with that. Huh? 
No. Why? I got Jason Tatum. Okay. See, but yeah, this it would be a Terry Rozier. It would be a Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum at the three, Kyle Kuzma at the four, Al Horford at the five. Who's playing the four for him now? Uh, I think Marks? Tatum is playing the four. Haywood is at the three. <laughs> so now you got a log jam. So you do Kuzma, have a log jam. So Kuzma is the six man? No, Kuzma would not be the six man. I, it's, I would incorporate Kuzma into the starting lineup some shape or form. Haywood right now is not up to par where he was in Utah, so I would give that man a six-man role until he's completely up to par. And then once he's completely up to par, I would depend debate between him and Jalen Brown. Hmm. So, but at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, we're getting ahead of ourselves. At the end of the day, I would say that I I just don't see the why would the Celtics go with the Lakers? There are so many other teams with much more available resources and riches out there that they can get from if they wanted to do Kyrie. Yeah, but that's the thing. What would they what could they possibly want? <laughs> but they wouldn't, which is why I think they're gonna stay packed. I think they're gonna keep Kyrie and let his if his contract rolls out, if he says he wants to stay with Boston, they'll work on a deal to keep him. And if they you know, a long term deal. If he says or if whatever chance by any chance he leaves and goes to another team, they have Terry Rozier they can work with. So I think they stay packed to this whole season. They only – they haven't really played a whole season with the all, the whole team healthy. So Agreed. Agreed. they have to see where this goes. And then after the year, then they can evaluate, evaluate what they want to do with them going forward. I agree with you. I agree. Cool. Now, now one more quick thing I need to really get to take out before we go. Um <laughs> This whole thing with Duke University. Ah, they're okay. And company. Yeah. All right. It's only one game. Of course, they beat the number one team. Blew blew out the number one team, number two team. They blew out the number two team, but it was one game. And now we're hearing comparisons. We're hearing that you know. I'm hearing so many different comparisons. I'm hearing that they're the next five five. I'm hearing that they can actually beat the Cleveland. Paul Pierce actually said that this year, this Duke team would actually beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in a game. I'm I, 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 I'm 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 shocked that he even said that. But let me get your take about how is this just all hype right now with Duke? I know you being the a Duke person that you enjoyed. I was a I was a Duke person prior to my allegiance to West Virginia. I guess I okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> but I mean, I look at the Duke team as no different than all those great Kentucky teams that supposedly were the, the best teams out there, like the, the the John Wall Boogie Cousins team that was supposedly supposed to be the best team ever assembled, and West Virginia knocked them out in the Sweet Sixteen, or was it the Elite Eight? I mean. They may they may very well go undefeated regular season. Good, you know. I I seriously doubt it. I mean, even the Fab Five had their lumps in the very beginning. Before and hell, the Fab Five didn't even all start at the same damn time in the beginning. 
I think a lot of them were at least two of them were coming off the bench before they decided to start all five of them, and then that's when they went on that tear. Um, I mean, yeah, they're great. The kids are great, but I mean, the NCAA, the Blue Bloods. It's it's. I'm not saying the NCAA is watered down per se, but it's obvious that some of the best talent goes to a select, a select schools. The best talent probably goes to the top 15 schools in the country. And then you have everybody else fighting for those, those, if you want to go by star ratings, the, the, the three star, the three star kids that are very good, but obviously they're not on the five star pedestal where they, they determined that this is the, uh, the future NFL, I'm sorry, the future NBA players right here that are being uh, courted by the big-name schools. I think they're going to be good, but, you know, if I had to really sit there and say, will they get a national championship? Probably not because it's rough. I mean, even all those Kentucky squads, I think Kyle Perry only had one championship to his name when he brought in all those one and dunners. He's been doing it now for years in Kentucky, and I think he only won the one one championship. It's hard, you know. As much as hell, Duke, Duke. This is the I think Duke's third year, the third year doing this one and done type of crap. Duke ain't even made it past Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> so I'm like, it's it's nice. I think they got some they got some real stars. Um, just think how just think how nice Duke would have been if Tatum decided that he wanted to stay. And play three years. I think if you had Tatum with this group right here, gee, man, then I'd be saying, nah, they ain't losing. No, because <laughs> Tatum is only supposed to be a junior. Uh, I, I, I don't know, man. I think Duke is cool. I think they're gonna be they're gonna be they're gonna be very well. I could probably see them losing two games in the regular season. And probably getting knocked out in the elite eight. I I agree with you. Um, kind of wonder. I kind of wish that you know. I I mean I get it. I understand why they chose Duke, but I kind of wish that like if you had three of the top high school recruits, I mean high school players in 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 the country. I kind of wish that they went to like a small school to, to really establish the small school to, 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 to show their allegiance. Like, I mean, hey, why not go to like a historical black college and really dominate, <laughs> make your mark in the NCAA tournament? Go to like a Morgan State. <laughs> Can you imagine like you have the, high, the, the top, and I'm talking about the top high school recruits Go on, like you know what I'm gonna we all gonna commit we're gonna go to uh Hampton. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're gonna all go to the Hampton for a one and done year and then we all gonna just you know, we're gonna make our make our mark in the uh NCAA tournament. We're gonna go undefeated in the regular season, make our mark in the, in the tournament, and then we after the MEAC, we're gonna go make our mark in the NCAA tournament and just run black colleges on the back. Could you imagine somebody doing that? I could. I could truly see it. And then the sad part about it is then they're going to get knocked for the type of talent that they played against in the regular season. True, but they still make it in the NBA. <laughs> I, mean, I get it. I get it. 
And they're still gonna get knocked. Yeah, that is true. That is true. That is true. And that sucks because that would be so dope. You know, instead of instead of uh, top three players, not even a, a, a historically black college. You know what I'm saying? What if they went to like a a low mid major? <laughs> somebody, somebody in the Sun Belt, or <laughs> there you go. See, like it, it, I kind of wish that that was the case. Like not going to these powerhouses, but bringing up like a, a, a some of these no name colleges. Like you going where? You going to Trinity College? What? 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 what, right. what, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I guess we can talk more about Duke because. <laughs> We have a feeling that it's going to be a lot more competition, a lot more talk about Duke and their, you know, their rise to to, to fame, so sort of. But, but what's even crazier if you if you really sat there and pondered that scenario, you would think that the NCAA would be all over Duke sniffing around. Like, how do you manage to get the top three, the number one, two, three high school recruits coming out of the country? But I guarantee, if the, the number one, number two, th- uh, one, two, and three kids out of high school went to UAB, I guarantee the, the NCAA be sniffing all around there because wonder how the hell the, the top three players decided they want to go to the UAB instead of going to Kentucky or Kansas or Duke. That is true. And then that would be like the craziest thing ever. And that's sad because it shouldn't it shouldn't be looked at as, you know, why are they looking at us and investigating us because we managed? Why couldn't it just be Earl Allen E decided, you know what? We decided as a collective group that we wanted to do this and it had nothing to do with the fact that somebody was trying to lace our pockets or something. We just wanted to take a smaller school, put them on the map, at least for one season, have fun, and then go on about our merry way. And it might even start a trend. <laughs> I, I, that, that's, and that's what I was thinking. Like That would easily start a trend because you start to see powerhouses losing their you know, ranking, so to speak. And you start to see much more of a balance. So, mm-hmm. well, um, you're starting to see that now because you know the one and dones are leaving the blue bloods, but you got the the kids that are staying at the at the not the, the traditional blue blood schools staying at least at three and four seasons, and that's why it's it's even harder for the the blue bloods to win championships because you have more established teams that are running around playing juniors and seniors when they got true freshmen playing at these other squads. Yeah. Yeah, experience wins overall at this point. Exactly. It's Axe Villanova. <laughs> exactly. But we could talk more about that now, but we way past the time that we said we was going to cut off. So we're going to end it right there. So um, tell everybody where they can reach you at. You can find me on Twitter at uh, AdrianCat1963. That's AdrianCat1963 on Twitter. And of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Again, Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. I uh, forgot to make mention that Earl couldn't join us. Smooth had a prior engagement. You know, doing field trips on interview and interviews out. You know, doing some field reporting, field scouting, the whole shebang. So you know, he's making moves on the back end. But you know, also if you want to reach out. Um, please reach out to Guys Talking Sports. We're on Twitter as well and on Instagram, Guys Talking Sports. And on Twitter, we're at Guys Sports Talk. So again, I'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. And make sure you subscribe. We appreciate the love, the support that you guys give. And continue to support us. You know, shout outs to everybody out there. Shout outs to 
all the people out there supporting us. Really do love y'all and appreciate the support. Shout out to my bookie as well. But for now, we're going. We're going to let it go. And for until next time, you know, this guy's talking sports. God bless and good night.